What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Felicia Jasmine, coming back to you with a brand new episode of College by Her, the podcast. I hope you have been doing good this month. Happy Women's History Month. As y'all know, I'm super excited about today's episode because we have a special guest. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and get into something that you should check out this week. So this week, you should check out the Pomodoro Technique. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, I'll put all the info and the title of it in the show notes, but I'll spell it out for you too. So it's P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. So the Pomodoro Technique, um, which is essentially a technique to help with managing your time, um, but also to your mental health and being able to take breaks. Um, So the version of it that I use, there are a few different versions. If you just Google it, it'll pop up. Um, But there's a few different versions. One is you work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break. Um, Then you work for another 25 minutes and take a five minute break. Um, And you do that four times. And then after the fourth time, you take a 30 minute break. So it's basically a way um, throughout our school days, our work days um, to help us be productive and have that time, but also giving our brain breaks. So I don't know if y'all have noticed, but your brain is not wired for you to sit down in front of your computer for four hours straight and try to get work done and not get Get up, not stretch, not take a break. Um, because as I'm sure you know, you're going to end up grabbing your phone at one point, right? Or getting off track or opening up another tab. Um, and so what this technique does is it really hones in on the fact of 25 minutes is a great chunk of time that you can do work uninterrupted. And then you get a five minute break, whether that means watching some video on Instagram or, you know, going to the kitchen to do something, whatever. Um, and so I just love that the breaks are already built into this and it makes you feel good about what you're doing um, and you don't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not being productive because you actually are. So I love the Pomodoro technique, would hands down recommend it. Of course, there's an app for everything. Um, So if you Google the Pomodoro technique, it'll tell you the name of the apps um, in the app store for. And also too, I use it on my laptop, so I don't use it on my phone. Um, And so if you have a Mac, there are definitely plugins and apps and things on your Mac. You can have it nice and pretty on your home screen um, so that the timer is on there. You can see it when it starts. It's called Flow. That's your work time. So it starts at 25 minutes and goes down. Um, And then your break time is the five minute timer and that comes up and then like I said the longer break is the 30 minute one so I absolutely love Pomodoro technique I would recommend it to anybody I've seen um, a great change in kind of my productivity and being able to take breaks and rest throughout the day Um, so I wanted to share that with you all and let's go ahead and get into the show So I told y'all this month I had a treat. So let me start off by saying this week we have our first guest on the show um, for Women's Histories Month. And I want to read her bio before getting into all of this Black girl magic. So Diamond James is a compassionate Black woman who loves all things creativity and mental health. She's a licensed therapist in North Carolina and founder of Breaking Down Stigma, a space used to normalize mental and emotional health for communities of color. You can find her personally on Instagram at Dimensions of Dime or Breaking Down Stigma. And on Twitter, she can be found at Breakdown Stigma. And she also has a website, www.breakingdownstigma.com. Um, and no worries if you're listening to this while you're driving or walking or doing something else, because I will put all of this information in the show notes. Um, so you'll have the link and everything to follow her. Um, and so I wanted to read you all's bio and let's get into our conversation. Hey, Diamond. How are you? I am feeling really, really good today. Um, It's the start of the week. 
Um, the weather's beautiful. So I had a chance to spend some time outside, um, which is always good. So I'm feeling really good. Yeah, I have really been enjoying the weather. I think like, you know, I've always known that seasonal depression, you know, was a thing um, or that the weather impacts your mood. But I think, you know, with COVID and being in the house, this is the first year that like I really saw it. Um, and so I've been able to notice the past few days with like daylight savings coming up and like the extra sunlight and the increase in temperature. I'm like, oh, my mood, like I'm really feeling this. Okay. Um, so that's been a highlight for me, for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it definitely does make a difference. Um, and that's why I've been so intentional, even like if it's just a few minutes, let me go outside and just sit for a little bit and take this warmth. It's, it's still a little chilly, but take it in, you know, take the sunlight in and just bask in it. I do need to find some um, sunscreen. So Black people, although we are not a beauty podcast, um, Black people should be wearing sunscreen. So I need to find some. <laughs> and apparently there's a brand. Um, I see people talk about it all the time. I know it's at Target. It's like, I think it's called like Black Girl Sunscreen or something like that. Like sunscreen for Black Girl. This is Black-owned company. Um, and I've, I've seen a lot of Black people talk about using it. And so I actually feel like I, too, um, need to invest into some sunscreen for sure. Absolutely. So... <laughs> Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. Um, as I've talked about on the show, as y'all know, it's March, um, Women's History Month. And, you know, I have really wanted to have guests on the show, different women, um, to just talk about their life, their story, their journeys with mental health, um, all of that good stuff. And so I guess just for some context and to start us off, could you tell us just a little bit about what your college experience was like? For sure. So I am privileged to be a first generation college graduate um, for undergrad and for grad school. Um, so navigating college was very interesting because I didn't necessarily have um, I've always been supported, but didn't have the support in where um, a lot of people around me had that like fundamental knowledge of like how to maneuver through college. So it's not like, you know, I could go to mom or grandmother and then they'd be like oh yeah this is this you know when it comes to college because they didn't know I was the first in my family to go so um it was interesting because um I was kind of figuring it out as I went um like I said I've always was supported but you know support looks different when you have people around you who've been to college versus like you being the first one to do this um I did go to Carolina for undergrad. And then for grad school, I went to, well, I guess I should say what I studied. So I went to um, Carolina. I studied um, sociology, management and society with a minor in social and economic justice. And then for grad school, I studied social work. I got my MSW. So um, yeah, so it was interesting in that, you know, I kind of had to figure it out more so undergrad than grad school, but I had to like figure this out as I was going. Like, what does college life look like? Um, I'm, I grew, I have siblings, but I grew up as the only child. So what does social, like being social, like in this space, what the heck is that about? What does that look like? So it was a lot of really just, going in blind and figuring it out as I went. Um, I think 
college was great, but looking back, um, there was some times where I could have done more. Um, I started off college in a relationship or I don't even know if I should call it a relationship, but I started off college involved with somebody's son. (laughs) And so like that was more of um, (laughs) a focus for me than it was like, you know, developing relationships and developing community in college. So that kind of was a disadvantage for me looking back where it's like, Asus, you could have been developing community or, you know, your social life in college, but it still worked out in that I found um, my people. Um, I was still involved, um, although I was working and I've always had like a full time or full like load each semester. Um, I worked as well. And um, I had the ability to study abroad, which was absolutely amazing. So um, although you know, my college experience probably didn't look like what it could have for undergrad. I still was kind of able to redeem the time and, um, you know, have great memories. So, and I was able to graduate a semester early. So um, that was amazing as well. (laughs) So yeah, all in all, definitely learning, kind of looking back. But I think all in all, my college experience for undergrad, being a first gen was pretty solid. Okay, so I know you mentioned that, um, you know, kind of you had to figure it out throughout your undergrad. So how would you say that impacted like your mental health while you were in college trying to figure it all out on your own or not on your own, but, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't know. I know boundaries is like a buzzword, um, but I didn't know. Like I didn't. I just didn't know. (laughs) So I was not healthy internally um and for multiple reasons so like I said like I was involved with somebody's son which that was a whole nother thing so that wasn't healthy um well it turned out to like not be healthy so that was one thing and then being in school and working um because I am such a hard worker and you know I'll say a recovering perfectionist um I just knew like work And then they give us this, like, these ton of deadlines that we're supposed to, like, somehow magically, like, meet all the time. Um, So I just wasn't healthy. I was just, like, going, going, going. Like, I literally, I'm not a coffee drinker, never have had coffee. So, like, my source of caffeine was Dr. Pepper. I literally remember so many nights, like, having Dr. Pepper, being in the lounge on you know, the floors where I lived and literally just like rocking it out so many nights, like just doing work and having my music and having Dr. Pepper and just like going and trying to do like literally just like a machine, you know, like just doing, doing, doing. So um, I wasn't healthy. I mean, that's all I knew, but I definitely wasn't um, as healthy as I could be. Yeah. And so when it comes to, which we're going to kind of circle back to this, but like when it comes to life post-college, um, how did you see those habits and those things that you learned in undergrad kind of follow you and show up in these other spaces? Yeah. Um, so one thing I realized is um, deadlines never end. And so in grad school, you have deadlines, work, Um, I guess, depending on your field. 
I'm going to make an assumption, but I feel like it's kind of safe to say somewhere in your work career, you may have some deadlines. And so because I didn't understand how to stop, because I didn't understand that, hey, Diamond, you are a human being and not a human doing, I was still going, going, going. I was still just like running myself ragged. Literally, I remember... Um, so in grad school, like I lived home at home and I literally remember sometimes like my mother would come into my room and see the light on all night and I wasn't working. I literally was knocked out like in my books because I'm sitting here trying to do work until I can't function anymore. And <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely saw that like inability to stop and be okay with like, hey, you did some things, but maybe you didn't finish everything. Um, I definitely saw that into grad school for sure. Yeah. And so when it came to, I know you mentioned boundaries earlier, but when it came to these habits um, and just your mental health in general in undergrad, how are you coping? Like, how, how are you kind of making it through um, all of that? While in college, you mean? Yeah, while in college. Um. So... Sleep. I love to sleep. <laughs> um, sleep was definitely one. So in the beginning stages of undergrad, um, I was dancing still. So that was an outlet for me. Um, I wasn't consistent with like yoga, but I did. I believe I did some classes um, while in undergrad. Um, I began to realize my um, that I like being outside, that I like to travel. And so like grad school, um, I would just sometimes get away, even if that was like just going to see my god siblings or something like that. Or if, you know, I definitely feel like I had some supportive friends in grad school. So even if they pulled me away of, hey, let's do something, or they took me someplace, you know, just to kind of get me out of school mode. Um, so I think those things help me to to cope being surrounded by the right people who would be like, um, Diamond, let's take a break. And then me understanding like, hey, do things that you like, you know, even if it's something simple um, and something that is not time consuming. Yeah, I think all of those are great because I know something that's been coming up a lot for um, college girls that I've been talking to recently is like stress management. Like they've been talking to me a lot about managing stress. Um, and of course, you know, now it's a different context with like COVID um, and then kind of being mm -hmm. online for school. But, you know, when it comes to ideas of coping or managing stress and kind of taking care of ourselves, you know, I often talk about how, you know, for sure, self-care has been like commercialized a lot, right? To be like a massage, a bubble bath, like these kind of very materialistic, sometimes expensive things, right? That everyone cannot do. Um, and yeah. I'll say, um, and from my personal opinion, I think we're like pulling away from that a little bit. Like I think now it's becoming, it's being talked about more that self-care is also like saying no is boundaries, is like these other intangible things, um, which I really appreciate because like I said, I think, I mean, we're in a capitalism, capitalistic society. Um, and so I think when you 
put self-care as this thing of like, oh, it's $50 to get a pedicure. Like it costs money to take care of yourself. And that's the only way to do it. I think that's such a slippery slope because then this is like the social worker coming out of me. Then we get into like who's deserving and undeserving, right? So then if I have money, I deserve to be able to take care of myself. But if I'm broke and can't go to the nail salon, now I don't deserve self-care. Like, no, that's trash. Um, And so what are some ways either in college or now um, that you kind of like to take care of yourself? Yeah, I'll speak more so for now, just because I feel like I have more understanding of the importance of taking care of myself. Um, So one thing that um, we have talked about, you know, time blocking, that is a form of self-care to me because I'm being intentional about what I'm allotting time for right? Um, So time blocking, even just like spending time with um, close friends. So one thing, and I actually used to do this in grad school, obviously, yeah, pre-COVID, having game nights, you know, like, and they don't have to be something that's like super fancy or extravagant. It's literally like us coming together. Maybe we'll have food, maybe we won't. And literally just playing different games or, you know, um, maybe watching TV, um, I absolutely love Grey's Anatomy. And so I had two of my friends who they watched it by force, but, um, they would come over to my house some evenings, typically on Thursdays, and we would watch Grey's Anatomy and how to get away with murder together. You know, like that was refueling for me because I was watching something that I liked and I was around people that I like. So, um, yeah, I recently started getting into painting um not as a form well as a form of self-care but also just like I want to um hone in more on my creativity so like you know making time to paint or just literally to sit outside or um be with my dog and pet him although most times he doesn't want to be bothered you know like those type of things I think is what I do now um to take care of myself in the midst of all of the stressors that exist and that's that's why I said like deadlines don't stop because my job now I have deadlines you know and I think that when I was in college I was like oh I can't wait to get out of college because this it won't be as stressful like all of these things won't exist and it's like they kind of do but just in a different framework I guess you know (laughs) and so like that's definitely one thing that when you're having that conversation about stress management with you know, like college by her and even just whoever listens, like understand that like those deadlines and stressors, they change the way they look, but they still exist post-college. And so it's so important to figure out for you, like what stress management, what, you know, self-care, taking care of yourself, all of that, what that looks like now, because that'll help you once you are post-college. Yes. And I love that because, um, the exact term is escaping me. I think I've heard it called um, destination fatigue. That idea of like, oh, I'll be happy once I get this, like once I get there. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that is, that's self-care or taking care of yourself, right? Can can have that same, it can take on that same idea of like, oh, I'll, you know, do something nice for myself next week after this exam or, you know, yeah. next month once I've earned this type of thing and you can keep pushing it off. And to your point, you know, next week, you're still going to have stress and deadlines, right? So if we kind of go by that, you're going to keep putting off, 
oh, I'll take care of myself, you know, when things die down and that's going to be never. Right. And so to kind of, um, and that's why I think like wellness and just kind of taking care of yourself in general, like integrating it into your day or like your weeks can be so helpful. Um, and I think it can be intimidating when it's like, oh, self-care is only for Sundays, right? So then it's like all week I just work, work, work. And I'm like, but Sunday I'm going to take care of myself, right? And maybe there are ways yeah. throughout your week. And that's not to say maybe Sunday you dedicate more time, right? But maybe there are also other ways throughout your week that you're able to do things um, that are manageable um, so that it's more of like a, a upkeep thing, right? That's happening consistently as opposed to just something that you know is in the in the future like so i think that's important yeah for yeah. sure no for sure I, um i have this book it's called simple self-care for therapists but one thing that um i haven't read the whole thing and i actually share it with you um because you you'll probably enjoy this book um but one thing that um it talks about is you know the different things that self-care can look like so self-care can also be like communal in nature and not necessarily like because I've been talking about it being kind of communal by like hanging with friends but even like doing community service you know like those type of things can also be you know considered forms of self-care you know like maybe that is a way of refueling yourself when it comes to like service or maybe just spiritually you know like um there's so many ways to engage in taking care of yourself um, more than the, you know, capitalistic ways that you were mentioning a lot of people talk about. So I think that we have to expand our mind when it when we say taking care of ourselves, what that really means. Yes, for sure. And and on this topic um, of taking care of ourselves, I want to pivot a little bit because obviously as Black women and Black people, um, you know, us taking care of ourselves is like on another level, right? When you look at this country and society um, and different things. And so I'm just kind of curious for you, um, when thinking about like your identity as a Black woman and, you know, current events, you can turn on the news any day of the week, right? Um, and so what type of boundaries um, do you kind of put in place or how do you take care of yourself in that context when it comes to um, racism and, and just everything that is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the first words that came to me just now was r rhythm. So I think it's important to find your rhythm of like advocacy and and sometimes having to I don't want to say retreat, but like advocacy. And then sometimes let's just say retreat for a lack of a better word. So finding that rhythm um, of like taking care of myself, kind of going back to the collective piece taking care of myself looks like advocating, right? Whether that's on a small scale or a large scale, that looks like advocating, but that also looks like checking in with myself to know when I'm like tired and I've had enough and not feeling guilty about kind of disconnecting, you know? Um, because when I come back, the information will be there. And when I come back, there will still be something that needs to be done. So it's okay if I retreat, and it's okay if I don't respond immediately because when I when I feel well enough, it'll still be there, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great point because I, 
I think a lot of people definitely felt that, you know, over the summer specifically, right, of like when, you know, there was an incident when a black person was murdered, it was this, you felt this pull of like, oh, the next day I need to post something. And if I don't post something the next day, people might think I don't care, right? Um, and kind of this idea of, um, you know, we were, a lot of people were, you know, glued to their phone, we're on, we're watching the hashtags, we're on Twitter, we're engaging in dialogue. And, you know, I think, like you said, sadly, this has happened many times before, but for this summer, for it to be while we were also in a pandemic, right, I think was like this, uh, another layer um, of complexity added um, to everything that we were going through. And I saw, you know, a lot of people talking about their mental health, talking about taking time off of social media and completely unplugging um, because, you know, it is, it's heavy and it's a lot. And I think a lot of times as Black people and as Black women specifically, um, we have to be even more intentional um, about like the news and the media that we consume and because it's so important just for us to to be mentally well so that we can, to your point, advocate, we can help, we can support, um, we can do all these things as a community and as a group. Um, because as we talk about a lot, you can't do those things if you're not well. Um, and so I just think that's so important um, for us to remember, you know, as we continue through, you know, as we know, an, an ongoing journey, right? That It doesn't stop it seems so and that's hard right because we feel that like external pressure and we want to there's a sense of community that comes from like responding with other people but when we we run the risk of then not responding from a pure place right we run the risk of even potentially making matters worse right because we're trying to still be present when we're not well that so. is so good that is so good trying to be present when we are not well yes that is really good and so something that i wanted to ask you about um you know kind of in general you can think about yourself as a college student or even just you as a person, um, but if there is one piece of advice that you would give to a Black girl currently in college, um, what would it be? Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> um, I think, and I think this this piece of advice is relevant for all age, ages, um, but you are worth taking up space. Um, I think that whether that is life experiences, whether that is just kind of maybe feeling like a small fish in a big pond, you know, when it comes to college, I think that it's so important for Black women to know that you are worth taking up space. And that doesn't mean like you have to be, you know, popular or always seen or known by many people, but whatever that means for you, you know, like you are worth taking up space. Yes, that, that is a whole word. Like in the way that just warmed my heart, um, because like you said, I think that's just something we need to hear often as black women. And, you know, we can look at culturally and historically, right? And just things that we know black little girls are told in elementary school, like you're too loud or 
you know, you're too much or you're this or you're that. Um, and that can start at such a young age. Um, and, and like you said, you know, I know we both work with kids, but we realize as we become adults, like how much of those things that were said to us, how much of those experiences, you know, as little kids are still inside of us, you know, and they still play such a big role. And so I think, you know, I've heard a lot of different therapists say it as um, you're parenting your inner child. Um, so like as an adult now, um, you're kind of doing things and saying things that like the little six-year-old, seven-year-old girl inside of you needs to hear, right? Um, and so I think that's so important yeah. because as Black women, like we deserve to take up space. And that just made me so happy. Like, um, so thank you so much for sharing <laughs> that. And thank you in general for being a part of the podcast um, during our, you know, Women's History Month celebration, if you will. Um, and so thank you for coming on yes. and sharing. I really appreciate it. Also, um, I wanted to, you know, tell everybody's listening, like where they can find you and like find things that you're doing and stuff like that. Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to be here. Um, I support College by Her 110%. Actually, I did the challenge from your last podcast of um, just doing something nice for a black woman. And so I sent um, one of my friends $5 and I said, smoothie on me. Happy International Women's Day, Queen. So um, yes, I 110% support College by Her. Um, so I'm appreciative of being in this space. Um, so I um, can be found on Instagram. My personal Instagram is Dimensions of Dime. Um, but also I'm the founder of um, a space called Breaking Down Stigma. And it's all about um, mental and emotional wellness for communities of color. Um, so helping to dismantle, you know, the stigma around mental health. There's a lot of talk about mental health, but there's still also a lot of work to be done in terms of um, dismantling the stigma and the shame and misinformation. And so it's just a space um, to provide information. Um, and sometimes I have guests um, and we talk about the intersection of mental health and a lot of different things. Um, so I can be found there. Uh, the Instagram is Breaking Down Stigma, I believe, at Breaking Down Stigma. And um, you can find us on Twitter as well at Break Down Stigma. So not breaking, but just Break Down Stigma. Um, and then I have a website, breakingdownstigma.com. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and our website. Yes. Thank you for sharing. I absolutely love breaking down stigma. Um, they have so much, so many good gems on Instagram. Like she said, information, um, constantly sharing fat, factual information. So not things of just, oh, I heard somebody yeah. say this, but the facts, um, which we definitely need in communities of color. Um, so yes, make sure you go follow them. And I'll put um, her Instagram and all that information too in like the show notes for the podcast. Um, but yes, thank you again for being a part of the show. Um, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>
As always, if you would like any advice or have any questions you want us to answer on the podcast, then please email or DM us on social media at College by Her on all platforms. And our email is collegebyher at gmail.com. Um, join College by Her, the community, at the link in our bio if you would like for College by Her to be a part of any events at your college or an organization you're a part of. Anything that has to do with mental health, then don't hesitate to email us. I'm available for the speaking, the workshops, the panels, all of it is okay um and of course our mental health guide is also available at collegebyher.com as well as a few more crew necks so please share all of it with a friend um i pray and hope that you are taking care of yourselves mentally emotionally and spiritually and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode i love y'all so much and remember that the beauty of college and life in general is that you get to create your own experience and don't you ever forget that